This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Moving on to our next clue for the quiz this morning. What number am I? The mm-hmm. chapter in Exodus that records the Lord appearing to Moses in the fiery bush. Ooh, what Moses. chapter in the Bible does Lord appear to Daniel? To, Mo- to Moses in Moses. the fiery bush. In the fiery bush. Of course, we're going to be talking about Daniel. And if you've seen, if you've seen the movie, um, The Prince of Egypt, that's like the best scene in Indeed. the movie. In fact, it, it makes me tear up. The way they did that is they got every single actor that was appearing in the the, the film. To voice it, so everyone was God. Really, true story. Yeah, that's why they got they got um the guy who did the voice. He did Batman as well. Um, Christian? No, no, not Christian Bale. <laughs> anyway, the guy that did the voice of Moses, <laughs> he, they got him to do like the main predominant voice. Um, but it, because it, they didn't want someone to be specifically God, because it's a very high title to have. Yeah, sure. They got everyone to sort of be it. So it was a, it was a, a an accumulative, a, an accumulative effort. Yes. So yeah. Oh, it's so good. Moses. Fun little facts. Oh, I love Moses. it. I love it. I love it. And the Take soundtrack. Take your shoe. <laughs> There can be miracles. Okay, yep. Uh, moving on. <laughs> I had a bit of a moment. Faith FM's got talent right here in the studio. Oh, Check yes. Oh, yeah. By the way, just have to mention, uh, we just played a John Ashton video. It was um, a pre-recorded interview with Lyle, obviously, because Lyle is not here at the moment. So, don't get confused. But it, that's one of, that was one of, one of our favorite John Ashton interviews. And we thought we'd play it again just to be a blessing. Um, let's get into now. We have come to the time of encounter with... God, um, where we're going to be studying through specifically uh, the book of Daniel here. We've been studying through Daniel over the last how many months? Nearly I believe three. it's been pretty much yeah. It's pretty, been it's been a while. Pretty much three months, which is fantastic. I think the, you know the book of Daniel deserves it, and we've almost reached the end. And we almost we're in chapter twelve. We we're are. In, we're in. We're in like the simultaneously one of the saddest chapters in Daniel because um, it ends. Yeah, I've got in, in, <laughs> in the New Living Translation, in, at the start of chapter 12, it's got the titles or like the, what, what it's called, and it's got the time of the end. So, we're getting there. Lyle has been quite devastated that we're reaching the end of Daniel, and I'm yeah, sure he's a bit I'm devastated sure. that we, we could get there today. I don't know if we will, but we could. Well, actually, I believe that we're probably not going to there because we go. we're going to we're going to be derailing a little bit today. Ooh. We're going to stay on the top. We're going to stay ooh, in ooh. Daniel, but we're going to ch- switch up the topic yep. uh, a little bit and speak about some subtext that's going on in the book of Daniel. Some 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 implications um, of of our belief, specifically of doctrine yep. as well. But I think it's just good to go over again, like what's going on here in Daniel chapter twelve, um, eleven and twelve. They're kind of like the same. The same run-on chapter, and you know, I think Lyle said that chapter ten is as well. Yeah, actually, it's sort of all the chapter ten, eleven, twelve. It's all one book essentially, but to make it easier, when the monks sort of separated it, they chopped it up into three just to hmm. make it all flow a little bit. Well, I believe easier. the the events of Daniel chapter ten or eleven are quite close to each other. They're yep. two separate stories because um, 10 starts within the third year of Cyrus and 11 starts within the first year of Darius. Um, but I believe it was in 
the after the third year of Cyrus that the Darius came in. Darius. Darius. But um, look, fantastic stuff. Daniel's story, it's coming to a close here in chapter 12. By this point, he's an old man. He is, uh, you know, an old retired statesman of Babylon. But at this time, he's serving in the kingdom of Medo-Persia. Um, I'm sure over the last couple of days, he's been going over um, the the prophecy. And, Indeed. And, you know, found yeah. in, in Daniel chapter 12, um, which is just absolutely fantastic. But one of the main... Um, one of the main things that going going on here is that we see, which is so interesting, is Michael, um, who like, well, you know, God is explaining, um, to Daniel essentially the importance of this book. Yeah, he's basically saying, "Look, Daniel, like this is going to be a big deal. This is this is serious. This yeah. is like." A huge, massive deal. You need to seal this book until the time of the end, uh, as it says, I believe, in verse um, verse. Oh man, losing my. Oh, verse four. Verse four. It says, "But Daniel, shut up the book um, and seal it to the time of the end." Um, if you had joined us last year for our Revelation study, you would know that it's actually this book which is unsealed in the book of Revelation. Yeah. We see the amazing parallels going on and um, how influential this book is, in, not only in biblical prophecy, but then, you know, in Christian history and and what it would foretell. And it's, you know, it's incredible. But again, I said we're going to talk about a bit of subtext. Yeah. We're going to talk about something that's implied in the book of Daniel. Right. Let's read verse 2. Can you read verse 2 for us? Indeed. Uh, Daniel chapter 12, verse 2. Actually, read, read verse 1 and 2. Right, it's going to give us a bit of context. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. At that time, Michael, the archangel, who stands guard over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Many of those people whose bodies lie dead and buried will rise up, to some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting grace. Mm. Disgrace. So this is like a pretty clear, pretty like basic, straightforward description of the end times. Yes. Yeah. Um, this is something, you know, this is really an accumulative statement of, of what the book of Daniel has been all about. Um, yeah. Which has been, you know, from the very outset of the, the, the introduction of prophecy in the book of Daniel in chapter 2 all the way through 7, 8, 9, 10, all these stories talking about, you know, the the... Um, accumulation of Christian history, yeah. um, all, all of the history of the world, of the nations of the world, of the Antichrist, of what's happening in heaven, what's happening on earth, like very in detail, very descriptive, especially when we talk about, you know, Daniel chapter 11. Yeah. Um, and then it, it, it gets to this point again, which pretty much every single prophecy in the book of Daniel gets to, which is, you know, the end of time. Yeah. What that's going to look like. And it gives us a pretty simple summary statement. It's like a time of anguish, you know, as which, you know, no one has ever seen before, um, you know, there will be trouble. Uh, but at that time, it says in verse 1, it says, Your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. This is a reference to the book of life, you yep. know, those who are saved um, in Jesus' name. Amen. But then in verse 2, it says, you know, And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. Okay, so 
it talks about this awakening. Yeah. That's happening here at the second coming of Christ. Um Ah, oh, there's just so much to unpack. We here. did we did briefly touch on the second part half of those people, the everlasting there's people that will rise to shame and everlasting disgrace. Mm. So we focused on that and who those people are. Yes. Being the people that persecuted Jesus at the time of his death. Mm. Um those people will be rise. The people that that, that since then have disc- has put Jesus to shame. They won't rise, according to this is what we unpacked with Lyle. They yes. won't rise, but the people that persecuted Jesus at the time of his death, they will be risen. Essentially, uh, the reason being so Jesus can prove a point. Yeah, fully. But still, though, like awesome point, and it's good yeah. to, to know, like yeah, that um, yeah, that, what they call the special the the special resurrection of, yeah. of the wicked. Yeah. Um, that that's going on, but still, there's like an underlying um foundation of this. That is so against mainstream Christian belief and mainstream worldwide perception of Christianity, yeah. which is this idea that people are sleeping in the ground and then they wake up. Yeah. The, the reason this is against um, you know, mainstream Christian perception is often the view of Christianity when it comes to the state of the dead is yeah. that you die and you go to heaven or you go to hell. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, if we look at, for example, um, the, the teachings of the Catholic Church are very much, you know, about that. They yep. have an extra step of purgatory, but most of your kind of um, mainline um, uh, evangelical churches, uh, you know, Pentecostal movements and whatnot have this have this idea of, you know, the eternal soul um, and the belief that when we die, we either go to heaven or go to hell, um, which is... Which is crazy because this verse says something rather contradictory. Um, and we're going to be really unpacking that and saying, okay, what does it mean to wake up at the second coming? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Mm. So the reason, the, the reason this, is, this is so, I guess, dissonant yeah. In a way. Um, it's because, like, think think about it, right? Okay. So, if you die... Yeah. And you go to heaven... Yeah. Or, you know, to to hell or whatever it may if you, be. If you don't sleep. If, 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 if you, it happens straight away. If it happens straight away. But we know that, you know, people are still living on earth. Yep. And then Jesus comes back. Will we then get transported into our graves and rise again? Like that seems like something that's so unnecessary. You're saying I was something saying about earlier that I thought it, it to me it sort of defeats the purpose of Jesus is coming back. Yes, it makes it seem just a little less exciting. Mm. Not so much of a big deal, mm. you know. It's just is oh I've forgotten some people. I've got to go back and, and pick them up. Mm. Um, I've done that before on, when I've been driving places, and um, it's it, it it's a lot better when you get everyone in one go. Hmm. It's it's exciting. It's a and from what I understand, from the way I've sort of seen it, is that when God comes back, He's coming back to show everybody all at once. Hmm. And it, as you mentioned, if if we're going up and down and up and down, 
it, it's sort of it, it's just very confusing. It is very confusing. I think this is something that people um, in the number of conversations I've had as a Bible worker, people struggle with the most is this idea of you know what happens when we die, and especially in the realm of like you know just talking to people and they're like you know I've had some kind of supernatural experiences and I I don't know how to explain that you know. Yeah. Um, that's where we need to turn to the Bible yeah, and definitely. say, what, what does the Bible say? Because that is, that, that's quite a confusing perception to have. And, and something you know, that's interesting, as, as I'm studying theology and I'm learning, one of the best methods to interpret the Bible is to try and understand it as simply as possible. Yeah. Um, not to you know, arbitrarily make things more simple than they are. And that, what that doesn't look like also is just turning everything into, into literal, you yeah. know, t- taking a parable that Jesus spoke and saying, oh, that, that's a literal... This has happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, you know, but making it simple, starting with the simple first and then working, working complexity um, in from there. And it's something that's so interesting as well as we get back to the topic of the second coming of Jesus, is that he's so clear that his reward is coming with him. Yeah. That's something that Jesus himself says. Yeah. He's like, behold, you know, I, br- you know, I bring my reward with me when he, when he comes back. And, you know, what is that reward? Well, we read about it in John 3.16. Yeah. You know, for God so loved the world that um, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever so believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, the classic. Uh, you, oh, were, yeah. you were mouthing I was along <laughs> as I was saying it. A fantastic Bible verse describing, you know, the love of God and Jesus' mission. It's One so, of the, well, the most well-known Bible verses. Yeah. So all-encompassing and amazing. And it's so clear from that, like, yes, the... The um, the the reward is everlasting life. Yeah. But the inverse to that, the not reward, um, is everlasting perishing. Yeah. Um, is 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 death. And now you know I want to touch here a little bit on you know the idea of the immortal soul. Um, if if you die and you go to hell to be burned forever, is that death? That's a it. No. No, it's not. That's, ever, that's te- it. You're still living. You're still alive. Right? You're you're sort of in the process of death. However, that just lasts for eternity. Mm, exactly. Yeah. It's like it's so it's so wild. Um, I think it's that- like a candle that's burning forever that slowly gets. Sm- it's it's sort of like <laughs> if you get a if you get one hundred percent and you cut it in half and then you cut it in half again yeah. and then you continue to cut it in half. Yes, it's slowly getting smaller, but it will forever continue to to cut in half. Yeah, I love that analogy. It's like, it's so crazy. It's like, well, you know, where the Bible says that those who will be, um, you know, destroyed at the end of time. Yeah, it says that they will be made like ash. And yeah. it's like, is ash alive? Like, no, ash is ash dead. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just interesting to think. It's like, okay, well, you know. That doesn't sound like death yeah. if they're consistently alive. Um, but as well, if we get everlasting life, and that's when you know Jesus brings his reward with him, yeah. yet people die. As he said, it just doesn't make sense for people to be going up and down and up and down and up and yeah. down. It, it doesn't make sense. And, and even like, so in verse 2, um, Daniel, you know, is given this, this, this piece of prophecy, um, which is, you know, Okay, yep, some will wake up. But then Daniel is told specifically himself in verse 13. Do you want to read that for us? Indeed. Chapter 12, verse 13. As for you, go your way until the end. You will rest, and then at the end of the days, you will rise again to receive in 
the, to receive the inheritance set aside for you. Mm. So that's like, that's so straightforward. It's just like, if we took every, you know, connotation and worldview and perception of what the state of the dead and, and when do we go to heaven look like, if we just read this on its own merit, it just simply looks like, okay, Daniel, like you go your way, aka you're not going to live forever. You're going to die. Yeah. You're going to die. You're going to rest in the grave. You're going to sleep in the grave. You're going to be dead. Yeah. And then you'll arise at the in the inheritance at the end of days. You know, Jesus himself actually told a story about a man that wanted his inheritance too early. Yes. And and what happened to him? He ended up eating pig's meat, pig's food for, for breakfast. So, I, I, it's, it's sort of uh, the way that he was telling that story was a little bit different, um, the purpose of that. However, I think it still is a little bit relevant here, you know. It's a bit of an explanation that when you take your inheritance early, then you don't get the full inheritance. <laughs> sure. That's that I've never heard that application before. That's, I just thought of it right that, then. That's genius. I'm a bit of a genius like that. But this is actually <laughs> Amen. Humble brag. Um, but this is this is confirming that something that we're going to get onto what Jesus said actually yeah. because yeah. this is confirming something that we see time and time and again in the Bible. How Jesus himself and how the Bible references those who are dead. We're going to go to John chapter 11. Here we go. Um over to a story um, about a guy named Lazarus. This isn't the parable of Lazarus, but rather um, the story of Lazarus, who was Jesus's one of Jesus's best friends. Um, this oh, is an mate, in- in- incredible, incredible story. Like this gives me chills. You know, I've, I've heard just incredible sermons on this. Reading through this, you know, um, it's an amazing story about how Lazarus dies and then is is raised again from the dead. But it's interesting to see here. Um, that's that's basically what happens. Lazarus gets sick. Lazarus dies. Yeah. Um. He, you know, Jesus. Then, um, you know, when the the disciples, they're like, "Why don't we go to Lazarus? He's gonna die." He keeps putting it off again and again and again. And then in verse eleven, we get to the point um, where the Bible says, um, you know, after they keep bugging him, they say, "Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go um, that I may wake him up." Then in verse 12, the, the disciples say, Lord, if he sleeps, he'll get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking of taking a rest in sleep. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Yeah. So he makes this point about like sleep, death, they're synonyms basically. Yeah. And what does sleep look like? It same, looks, same, but different. It looks like being asleep. You know, yeah. you know you're, not, you're not alive. Yeah. Well, my, you are alive when you're asleep, but you're yeah. not consciously awake. My my mum told me a story about my great grandmother. I had a great grandmother named Grandma Grace, great grandma Grace. Mm. And in her sort of later days, she was really struggling, you know. She she would be on her bed all curl, curled up in a ball and she it just wasn't nice to look at her. Mm. Just cuz she was struggling, you know. Mm. It wasn't nice. But when she died, my mum said it was it was really really nice to see her because she got closure because when she looked at her her mother her grandma that had passed away mm. she was at peace mm. and it was like she was sleeping and she was calm and it looked like she was comfortable mm. oh that's so powerful mm. that's so that's such a beautiful picture and and i think when jesus then as he's he's on his way to revive you know to 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 resurrect Lazarus. He goes and talks to his sister, um, Lazarus's sister, Martha, and yep. they have this conversation. Martha's like, oh, if you were just here, Lazarus would be alive. Yep. Um, but then Jesus says to her in verse 23, your brother will rise again. 
Yeah. Like, it's G. It's okay. Yeah. But then Martha responds with something interesting. She says, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Yeah. Again, getting to this point of like, when is it that we are revived and are alive again? We've seen so plainly plainly here that Jesus has defined death as sleep. And now Martha has said, yeah, I know he will rise again at the last day. Um, and then Jesus responds with, I'm the resurrection of the life. Yep. Jesus doesn't say now, oh, no, like he's alive right now. She says, no, I'm the resurrection of the yeah. life. In the life. And this is just, again, denoting the fact that people are going to rise again at the last day. Powerful and they're stuff. asleep. We're going to get back to this right after the. Uh, this is uh, Carly Fletcher with Sleep Sweetly. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment. Twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put this mortal must put on immortality So sleep sweetly Until he comes He's coming soon To wake you up Sleep sweetly Until he comes And we are together Back to the breakfast show. We're in the encounter with God segment, but before we continue with that, we are going to get back to our quiz of the day. And again, this is a what number am I? Here we go. We, this is the, the next clue. Should give it away because we've been talking about it recently, not today, but in the past couple of weeks. Daniel had a tradition of kneeling in prayer this many times of the day. This many times a day. So, how many times did Daniel kneel down to pray? Each day. If you know the answer, 
Give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you are the first to call up with the correct answer, we will be we will be sending you a copy of Live It, the Health Show DVD, you. Simple Ways You Can Live Healthier Longer by Loma Linda University. Okay. We've been talking about what what happens when you die, when we wake up, the resurrection and whatnot. And I think something that we've we've really nailed is yes, people are gonna rise again in the second coming of Jesus. And what are they doing at that point? They're sleeping. But having a snooze. I wanna ask the question, okay, because again, we have to think back to there's a lot of, of Christians who believe that when you die you go to heaven straight away. Yeah. You know what would solve this? What? Like, because I, I think that, you know, what people say in the Bible, it's too ambiguous. Yeah. You know, when it, when it comes to this topic, well, it's very clear. In my opinion, it's very clear pointing in the direction of people are sleeping in the grave. Yeah. But people can say, oh, but, but you know, things that people say in context and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Ambiguous. You know what would solve this straight away? What would solve it? If there was an example of someone who died and was like and appeared in the Bible. Yeah. That would so like, especially so like someone who's like saved. That we yeah. know who's safe, right? If we go like, okay, this person's saved and they appear in the Bible. Yeah. A- under, and we're going to exclude Samuel and uh, the witch of Endor and the whole story was Saul there because that was very clearly like a demon, basically, yeah. because, yep. you know, that was a witch and that was a medium and that, you know, that like, no. Um, but it's like, if we see someone who's died in the Bible appear... Well, then... There's Moses, but that, again, is... A bit- Wait, but this is... I'm going to... I was just about to answer yeah. the question. Matthew chapter 17. Yeah. The transfiguration. Who yeah. appears? Moses and Elijah. Yes. Incorrect. Moses and Elijah. <laughs> this is the only example in all of Scripture that we see saved people, or people we could assume would be saved. Yeah. Moses and Elijah, like two of the greatest prophets. The difference between those two is that Elijah didn't die. He was taken up to heaven. But we're, we're going to see. Oh, here we go. Here we go. So, so it's like they're the only two people yeah. that we see in the entirety of the Bible. Yeah. So let's let's unpack that. Let's start with Elijah. Yep. Let's go to Second Kings chapter 2, I believe it is. Second Kings. Kings chapter 2. Um which is the closing of the story of Elijah. Um, Elijah taken into heaven. Yes. And let's read from... How about we read from 9 to 11? Can you read that for us, Liam? Absolutely. Okay. When they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken away? And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. I love that. Just I just want to comment on that. That is like that is what we should be praying for. Oh yeah. In, especially in this time we should be praying, Lord, give me a double portion of your spirit. Help me to be a blessing. Yeah. Elisha, he sees his calling in his life and he's like, Yes, Lord, evangelism. Okay, I just wanted to comment <laughs> on that because I find that so powerful. But Absolutely. Yeah, continue on, verse ten. All right, verse ten. You have asked a difficult thing. Elijah replied, If you see me when I am taken from you, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. As they were, t- as they were walking along and talking, suddenly a chariot of fire appeared, drawn by horses of fire. It drove between the two men, separating them, and Elijah was carried by a whirlwind into heaven. 
Mm. Oh, such such a powerful story. The the whole story of Elijah, the arc of, of, you know, being to a point in his life where he's like, oh, I want to die because I'm just not good enough. I'm a failure to, be, you know, becoming one of the greatest prophets, establishing the band of prophets, yep. you know, mentoring Elisha and then being taken up by a chariot yeah. into heaven. It's like beautiful. But again, we've explained something essentially here. We've seen that like... Okay, one of the only two people, one of the only two saved people that appear in the Bible was taken up without dying. Yeah. Okay, now we're going to get to Moses, though. Little Mo. Moses is a little bit more little bit more in-depth because the Bible in, in Deuteronomy, it's actually very clear that he passes away. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, if Moses came down, yeah, Elijah was taken up, but Moses died. Yeah. What does the Bible say about that? We're going to go to the book of Jude. Jude. That's Jude. right at the no, end. No no chapter Jude. Just I love it. I always always say Jude chapter one and then I'm like, Jude doesn't have chapters. <laughs> this is this is one thing. Um we're gonna read Jude ch- chapter chapter oh man, I just went to say it then. Jude <laughs> we're gonna be reading Jude verse nine. I'll pick this up in my Bible because I, I feel like the language is is really good. It says in Go verse nine. Yet Michael the Archangel, in contending with the devil, when he disputed about the body of Moses dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke you. Now, this is this is in a greater context of, it's talking to you about, you know, sexual immorality and, and sin and, you know, how, you know, how that all works. Um, but then it gets into, it talks about Michael the archangel contending with Satan. Yeah. It says they have this dispute specifically over the body of of Moses. And now if we read through the book of Deuteronomy, we don't see this. We're like, well, when does the devil and Michael the archangel have a fight over the body of Moses while Moses is alive? See, the thing is, is that we don't see it. Yeah. We don't see it while he's alive. Yet they have a dispute over the body of Moses. And now scholars have come to the to the position, to the conclusion that this must be after he died, in specific reference to Moses being taken up taken up into heaven after he died. Yeah. It's 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 really wild and it's like <clears throat> yeah, it's something that's really amazing. Um and we see so clearly here like they have this dispute over the body of Moses. And this is a real big point I want to make. Yep. The body. They have a dispute over the body of Moses. We see Moses come down to Jesus. I I believe, and I believe what the Bible is saying here is because his body was taken into heaven. Yeah. Now, finally, I want to go to the book of Acts. We don't have a lot of time to do this, okay. but we're going to go to the we'll book of Acts. Quick. And we're going to make a really sick point. Um, we're going to go to the book of Acts, chapter 2. Uh, this is in the Lots midst. Lots of fluttering of pages. Oh, Peter is just preaching a barnstormer here after this. 2,000 people get baptized. Really, really powerful. Um, but let's read in, I believe it's in verse 29. Can you read that for us? Indeed. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried, and his tomb is still here among us. Okay, so the Bible says that David is buried. Yes. His tomb is with us among us. Yes. His body is here. Yes. He's he's among us. Yes. Okay? So then it's like someone who believes in the immortal soul is like, oh, yeah, of course. He died, and his soul's gone into heaven. Yeah. It's ascended. Yeah. Look, read what the Bible says. Read verse 34 for us. Okay. 
But he was a prophet, and he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would... Oh, skip down to verse 34. Good reading, but read verse 34 for us. That's, right. that's what we want to read. 34. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand. Oh, that's powerful. That's stuff. amazing. That's, you know, we're talking, it's a reference to Jesus here about how he's in the right hand of God intercessing for us, but at the same time shows us so clearly David didn't ascend into heaven even though he died. Yeah. So clear, our reward is coming at the end. That's amazing. Right now, this is Bart Milliard and Shannon Milliard with I Can Only Imagine. What it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me I can only imagine I can only imagine Surrounded by your glory One will my heart feel Will I dance for you Jesus Or in all of you be still Stand in your presence Or to my knees Will I fall Will I sing Hallelujah Will I be able to speak at all I can only imagine I can only imagine I can only imagine when that day comes And I find myself Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I will do Is forever Forever worship you I can only imagine
our team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours, as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Do you enjoy fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great! I'll see you there. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels or demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about the future, not even the power of hell can never separate us from God's love. from God's love and I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love no power in the sky above or on the earth below or nothing in all creation would ever stop Nothing can ever separate 
us from God's love. Well, God left His throne so that we would surely know just how far God would go because of His love. He came to Calvary to die for self. That's why I am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from God's love. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. You are again with the double L team. We yet to determine whether it is whether that, that is the superior double L team. Oh, oh hang on, I forgot to turn your mic on. <laughs> oh, well, mate, mate, we're losing a few points now. If we don't have the mics on, then I don't know. If we, but I would, I, would, I would love to be a part of the superior double L team. We've got a double L team t- triangle going on at the moment. So we do. Like, so who who is it? And then we've also got, I don't know, because we had Gemma on last week as well, and she was trying to put her two cents worth in. And the, there's, there's big competition. In the space of... Of the double L's, but she's LG. Life's good. Yeah. So, so yeah. happy days. But that's copyrighted, so we can't talk about that too much on radio. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Question of the day. Let's move on. Okay. Yeah. I look. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I don't get it. We were discussing it <laughs> off air, and. I don't get what the question is. Okay. 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 Let me explain. Let me explain. Okay. So. In our last segment, in our Bible study, I talked. I said. I, I said a word. I said the word barnstormer. Okay. And, and what then, is that? And then Shell came in and was like, "What is a barnstormer?" And I explained to her, "It's like something that's really hectic and incredible. It, you know, it's it's like some some really hectic sermon." And then because of that, we talked about the best barnstormers in the Bible. And I was like, "Oh yeah, Elijah. What a barnstorming dude! How he just like rocks Rip it up, up dude. and he just he just like rebukes all the all the false prophets." And then he just like completely, he rebukes all the false prophets and then he ends up sentencing them to death. And then that got us under the topic of rebuke. Yeah. Sean was actually, Shell was actually saying that it, it, it's traditionally called a barn burner rather than a uh, barn stormer. Yes, she was saying that. She was that. a bit unhappy about that. And then I said that I didn't believe her. Um, but nah. <laughs> We're not in Kansas anymore. Uh, but let's, let's talk about, let's talk about rebuke. Rebuke is something that's, that's really interesting because we, we see essentially in the Bible a real, all sides of the coin balance view yeah. on rebuke. How should yeah. we do it? Well, the Bible says, firstly, Jesus in Matthew chapter 18 says that we're to, to go to someone, if they sin against us, to go to them personally yeah. and to, to speak with them and to try and and work that out. And that's the best way to do it because getting more people involved than there needs to be is always a recipe for disaster. Mm. And I have just seen so many people hurt and so many people, um, yeah, just feel so isolated and break bridges and whatnot because more people know about a situation than needs to. Yeah. Uh, We've seen that very significantly in the last couple of days when we've got thousands of people with their own opinions trying to work out what the best thing to do is with the world, with the coronavirus situation. And it's just, it's turning into a bit of a mess. It's, it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's really awful. And so what we need to do is to take personal responsibility and realize that other people need to take it too. Yeah. And go to them personally. Simultaneously, it's like, oh, but when do we show people grace? 
like, this is the thing. Rebuke is something where God has given us a brain to work it out. Yep. And there are times where we can go to someone and, and reprove them without necessarily rebuking them. Yeah. There are other times where it's like, okay, someone should know better. We should go to them and speak to them. Yeah. Um, but there's another time in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 20 where the Bible says, um, as for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that uh, that the rest may stand in fear. There you go. So uh, that would be a very, very uh, kind of hectic situation. But yeah. it's something that, you know, I love the book of Timothy because it's essentially a bunch of messages to, to young people, especially yep. young people yeah. in ministry. It's Paul writing to this young pastor, Timothy. Um, and we see, yeah, Timothy just so clearly, like, you know, he's in this church. He would need help on, on this. And Paul gives him some really sound advice, like, hey, rebuke people in, in the presence of all. Um, simultaneously, we see actually in um, the book of Second Timothy chapter 4, um, where the Bible says, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Yeah. And I think that gives us the main overarching like principle that I see in rebuking is, yes, we are to rebuke and love. Sometimes we are to give grace. Sometimes we are this. But also... Be it in patience and in teaching. Yeah. Not for the purpose of burning down bridges, but that people can actually learn something. Yeah. That people can actually be blessed and people can actually be better for it. Um, Again, I just know of so many situations and, you know, not only in a Christian context, but in a secular context, in a world context where, you know, in trying to, you know, someone's done something wrong and in rebuking them in trying to reprimand them, people have, have hurt them rather than build them up. Yeah. And I think, you know, at the same time, it's like, if I've done something wrong, I want people to tell me if I've done something wrong, I want rebuke. Yeah. Um, simultaneously, let's do it to build each other. That's up. it. This, um, this next song that we've got coming up is a little bit of a rebuke to everyone. <laughs> it's a little bit of a, a deep and meaningful one. This is How by Kemio Gandhi featuring Anna Weatherup. Come to the altar, come to the altar Wear your best clothes, we'll put on a show Just get comfortable, this space is all yours It's all about you Come to the Saviour, God our Creator Come, let us praise Him for maybe an hour Then when we're done, we'll pack Him all up Send Him back to His corner Sing about Jesus, sing of His love Sing of the life that He gave up for us But heaven forbid that God would have the nerve to ask you to give up your own What you say, you believe Let him write it on your heart Let him carve it on each part of who you are Cause how can we follow Christ only when it's convenient? How can we worship a God who we don't even know? Open his word for a moment or so Take 
what you like and leave what you don't tell me how tell me how what you say you believe would you write it with your blood the god we say we love oh he's worth it all he is worth it all what you stand Gendy there with How from her album Note to Self, which, mm. funnily enough, is our free giveaway Yo! this afternoon, this morning, sorry. So, if you would like a copy of Kemi O'Gendy's uh, EP, Note to Self, then please give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or send us a text at 0491-064-669. And if you are the first one through, you will be receiving a free copy of that amazing EP. Mm, of course, this is... Wonderful bunch of songs. Kemi Ogendi, a uh, featured artist here on Faith FM, had her live a number of times. That was featuring Anna Beat in that last song, who's another featured artist here on Faith and FM. And a weather up. Incredible. And a weather up. Yep. Oh, I'm so wrong. But yeah, she's also featured on Faith FM. But yeah, we love those guys. We love this album so much. Debut EP. Please give us a call 1-800-324-843 and you will cop it for free. Absolutely. But we've come to the end of the week. We like, have indeed. The end of the week, the end of the show. Yeah. What a time to be alive. We're just hanging out now. We are like, indeed. What are you going to do for the rest of the day? Self-isolate? Uh, well, we might. We, we could go do some more table tennis. 
Or, yeah. Unless you're going somewhere. Well, I, I don't necessarily have anywhere to be. As I said, I'm on mid-semester break at How the moment. Um, of course, we have to mention tomorrow morning, 9.30 to 10.00. Absolutely. We're going to be having Sabbath School Talkback Radio. A little Bible study right here. tune in. We're going to have the Sabbath School Director of the conference, Matt Parrott, joining How us. How good. Um, going to be so incredible. So, yeah, tune in. Um, and this has been Faith FM. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
Show 